Oh, Lord, you rule. 
But anyway, I just saw, I was just reminded of how torn we are and how fragile everything is and why it's so important that we do pull down these lies and things that are being promoted, you know, that we must be champions of the truth. We've got to stand on the truth in this hour. And regardless of how dangerous it is, how many of you know God is able to heal us? When I saw that and I can't, I don't know if I can fully describe that paper bag that's just barely hanging on by a shred. I was reminded that only God can heal that. Only God could put it back together. Well, so it is. It's only God that can put us back together. But God can put us back together. What's impossible with man is still possible with God. And then I read over in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. We're going to go to chapter 29 in just a little bit. But over in chapter 30, it spoke about the runners. How many of you remember? You read about the runners. And they went throughout the land of Judah and Israel, and they were calling the people to return to the Lord. And the Lord said he, that he would return to the remnant that escaped from the Assyrians. But they were to call on him. They were to return to him. And then the runners, you'll read that. It says, I believe it's in verse 10, they were mocked. And they were laughed at. And uh, that's what happens today. You're going to be censored. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be laughed at. The, the runners, you can look it up. It means a messenger, a special messenger, a courier, or one that ran to and fro carrying a specific message. And that's exactly what you and I are to be in this hour. Now, some of us are going to be runners to the nations. And I don't know how all that will happen, but I can tell you God's getting some of you ready to run to the nations with messages from the Lord. Some are going to run to our cities, you know, like Paul Revere when he ran. Now, I don't know that he ran. He rode his horse, but he would say the British are coming, you know, and he would warn the people. And so you and I are to be the runners calling people back to the Lord. How I many of you know our nation, the only hope for America is that we turn back to God. And that we not just read about it on our coins, but it be something written in our heart that in God we trust. And I want to be one of the runners. How many of you want to be one of the runners? I'm telling you, he's getting you ready to run. We're not called to sit. We're called to run. And it was interesting in that text. Those, there were a people that heard what the runners had to say. 
And it says they humbled themselves. You can read that entire chapter. And God gave them a singleness of the heart to turn to the Lord. Now, there wasn't that many of them. And I'm going to show you that as we're going to back up. We're going to look in uh, chapter 29. So go with me, if you would, to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Tell you, I'm going to read that in just a moment. This morning, I, I woke up too. This must have been the morning for everybody to wake up. And mine was about 3.30. You may want to just try to ask. I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, where does this fit for me? Okay, you guys ready for this? So number one, you're lukewarm if you fit in rather than you stick out. Now, I just wrote these down. I was half asleep. I wrote them down fast. So we're going to have to maybe define some of them, but that makes sense to me. You don't want to be like everyone else. You don't want to follow the crowd. You want to follow the one who is Lord over all crowds. And the crowds may or may not follow you. They may want to have nothing to do with you. All right, secondly, you could be lukewarm if you're satisfied with the status quo. Satisfied with the status quo. He's not called us just to everything be as we've always seen it, always, you know, what we're used to, but what he's called us to. Number three, if you lean more on what was and, you, and not on what will be, or another way to put it, if you trust more in the seen rather than the unseen, does that make sense? Because that's the realm of faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We don't want to be those who live by sight. We want to be those that live by by faith, by faith in the Word of God. Okay, another one. You could be lukewarm if you're filled and not hungry. If you feel filled up. Listen, we, we should never be filled up. We should always be those who are being emptied out. But still, we must be hungry. It's the hungry that get filled, right? Those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. Another way, doing what I'm capable of and not what is absolutely unexplainable. Did you hear that? Because there are things we can do that you, you can say, well, somebody could say, hey, they could do that. They went, they had their proper training, you know, whatever it is. They had enough money. That's not where we want to live in this hour. We want to live in the realm of what it looks absolutely unexplainable after it's done. All right, another one. You get along rather than getting thrown out. That's just what I wrote down in the middle of the night. If you don't like it, I don't know, but I kind of think it's honorable to be thrown out, to be censored, you know. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's not about our being accepted. Jesus was not accepted. He was the most rejected one, and they even nailed him to the cross. Okay. Another way is you're a parrot and not a pioneer. You don't want to be a parrot. You don't want to just parrot what somebody else is prophesying. I'm not even listening to a lot of these prophets today. I mean, I know they're prophets, and I'm not discrediting them and I know we're not to take lightly and we believe the prophets and you'll prosper but I want to be a pioneer listen and if you will attempt God will let you be one 
He'll let you set the course rather than follow the course that others are setting. Okay? Compromise without conviction. You're lukewarm if you can compromise without being convicted for what you've compromised over. Does that make sense? Because you know how you can... How many of you know that we're all capable of compromise from time to time? What you don't want is to... After the compromise, there's no more conviction. You know what I'm talking about. To draw you back to repentance, to get back in line. God, please bring conviction. Keep the conviction coming. And then another one. Entitlement rather than abandonment. Or in other words, what's in it for me? If you go to church in this hour to get only what it's for you, You're going to miss the main thing. The main thing is what you can give to him. It's We are priests of the most high God. We're called to minister to the Lord above all. We give unto him. Okay, tolerate what God detests. That's how you know if you could be getting into lukewarmness. We are called to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Now, that's biblical. I didn't look up the scripture, but I know it's biblical. How many of you know? We've read it. It's in the book. Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Another thing, you're lukewarm if you back off or back off from what God has called you to when you knew better. Does that make sense? You know he's called you, but you're backing off or backing from because of the pressure, the heat. You're going to get, do you know what that scripture talks about in Revelation? Instead of being lukewarm. He says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. And so you're looking for the highest of what he's called you to, regardless of how hot it gets. Because it's going to be hot. Does that make sense? That touched to me. Okay, here's some more things I wrote down. Maybe this will be the main thing, and then I'll just touch on this other that that's God has given me. But you're lukewarm if you can go today where you used to never darken the door and feel okay about it. Does that make sense? I remember the day in college. You know, I was brought up in a Christian home, and when I went to college, I wanted to have a little fun. And I wanted God to leave me alone while I was having fun. Does that make sense? Was any, I, just, I remember the day I said, God, why don't you leave me alone for a little while so I can have a little fun? I'm in college. Anybody else? Was I the only stupid person? Anybody? Okay, some of you guys did that. You're, maybe you didn't go to college, but you're in your younger days, you know, and you just wanted to get loose a little bit. And I remember going in places that I would have never have darkened the door. But I would go in there under conviction the whole time. I knew I was not alone. And I can remember I was saying, God, you're not keeping your part of the bargain. I'm here, but you're with me. Something's not right about this, God. I'm still being convicted that this is not where I'm supposed to be. Thank God for that. You know what I'm talking about. And so that's one way you could know you're lukewarm. All right, another thing, you do what you would have never done before and you don't feel bad about it anymore. Does that make sense? Listen to what you would have never listened to when you were on fire for God. 
You got to be careful. Remember, be careful little ears what you hear. Because what comes in here gets in here. It gets here, goes there, then it comes down, and it lodges in your heart. So you got to be careful what you listen to. And then also, you can take God's word or you can leave it. I'm telling you, I've seen that attitude among some in the body of Christ. I'm just not going to, I won't get particular, but how many of you think that could exist? I can take it or leave it. To me, that has always been, and maybe because I'm on this side of, of this podium, but I preach as if it's the oracles of God. That's what he said to do. You minister as if you're ministering as of the oracles of God. You don't, you don't just tell them your opinion. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to always hit the target. No one, you know, it's not going to happen. But I believe that by faith. Let it be according to my faith. But there's many people that just have had the attitude, well, I'll take it or leave it. No, if God's saying it, we need to take it. And not just take it, we need to take it to heart. We want to be not the hearers of the word. We want to be the doers. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me this. This is pretty good, actually. Okay, here's another thing. When you're comfortable, but you're not charged. Now, what do you mean by that? You get comfortable. You know, there's a sense of that. Paul told Timothy, I charge you. Preach the word. Remember that. He was charged. He operated under a sense of urgency and that sense of anointing that God was with him and God had sent him. The opposite of that is getting comfortable where we don't feel that, that urgency anymore, that fire. Does that make sense? We don't want to get there. I don't want to be there. You can get there. You can be there in ministry. And that's, to me, that's one of the most things I fear more than anything. It's like being a football coach when you lost your fire. You know what's going to happen after you lose your fire? You get fired. Because you're, you're not going to make champions. You're going to make those that are just players rather than champions. It's the same thing in life. Okay, you're happy with what's stale rather than what's fresh. Living in what God has said, not in what God is saying. Now, we want to be, you know, those that we honor the Logos. We read the Logos, and sometimes it's just the Logos. But we want to search out for the rhema. We live for the rhema. When the Logos becomes rhema, God, what are you saying to me today? Does that make sense? So we don't want to be there just the old stale bread. You know, I remember having a dream one time when I was looking for a message to preach. You don't know the panic in that dream. I could not find a message. So in the dream, I ran to my, what is a filing cabinet. And I opened up the filing cabinet, and I still couldn't find a message. I couldn't find it. And God was telling me, you don't get your messages out of the filing cabinet anyway. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. Go, don't go to your file. Go to me. Does that make sense? Now, that was a word to me, but it, maybe it's an encouragement to you, in other words. Okay, more concerned with what, God, what people think than what God thinks. That will lead you into lukewarmness. What does so-and-so think about me? Who cares what so-and-so thinks about you, right? What does God think about me? What is God? You know, we're not going to stand before so-and-so. You're going to stand before God. 
every one of us. And we're going to give an account of our lives. Every idle word, our time, whether we were good stewards, and everything that's part of the judgment seat of Christ. And here's something else. Believing, and this fits with one of the earlier, believing more in what I see than what God said. And so that's something. When I'm no longer sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now this, you got to understand, I got this in the middle of the night. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going as fast as I can. But I do know you don't want to become complacent being sick and tired. You want to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then another thing, more worldly-minded than heavenly-minded. Does that make sense? What does the Scripture say? Do not love the world or the things of the world. You know, the love of the Father is not in you. All right, here's another one. When you're satisfied with just getting by rather than pressing on. We've been called. Paul said, I press on. I press on. He didn't say, I'm getting by so I can get to heaven one day. Did he say that? No, I'm pressing on. Not just getting by. Another, when sin is negotiable. Sin, sin is not negotiable. You, did the enemy want you to negotiate with him? You know, he'll come to you and say, now everybody's doing it, especially to you younger guys. He'll say, everybody's doing it. You might as well do it. Look at them. They're getting away with it. Looks like they're, man, they're making it. So you can do it too. But I want to tell you, sin is not negotiable. Does that make sense? How do you deal with it? You run to the one who already negotiated with it at the cross, and he broke the power of sin so that we don't have to live under, the, under that captivity of sin. Make sense? Gee, I wish I had thought about this stuff. This is good stuff, Lord. Okay, you're willing to go without his presence. Remember Moses? Do not take me up from this place. I am not going. It may look good, sound good, feel good. May everybody be going. But I'm not going unless you're going with me. Does that make sense? Because it's only the presence of God that separates us from anyone else in the world. That God is with them. There's something different, and we want to be those that are said about that. And then the last thing, when hearing the world's news excites you more than hearing God's good news. You can go into lukewarmness. And you know there's some people that live for bad news. That's how some of these bad news guys make a living. You trumpet enough bad news and you'll have a crowd that wants to hear what you've got to say. No, I'm going to trumpet the good news. We may reference what seems to be bad, but we're going to end up in what is always good. The wages of sin is death, no question about it. Can't skip over it. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, amen. Does that make sense? Thank you, Holy Spirit. That would be really good if you could always give me the messages like that. I don't mind waking up at 3.30 in the morning and not going back to sleep. Because he gave me that in just, what, the first 15 to 20 minutes of that time. Maybe a little longer, I don't know. So anyway, I want to share something. Take a few minutes, okay? Just throw something out because I think it's, we've got to get ready for what God wants to do.
So go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. And then we're going to go have leftover turkey. If, although we're not having leftover turkey. We had that last night. We pretty well wiped that turkey out. There ain't much left of that turkey. You know, but we're going to go get something different. Because, you know, you can only reheat it so many times. There's, yeah, you know, but there's some stuff that forms on some of those. And you heat it up and it melts, but you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, okay, let's, I'm just going to go quickly. Look at this. Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 36. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people. Who prepared them? God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. Now the word suddenly means unexpectedly, all at once, in an instance. And can I tell you that what God is going to do in this hour is going to be almost unexpectedly, at once, in an instant. God, I've heard so many people say, we're not ready. Well, let me tell you, if you look around, we're not ready. We're more not ready, it looks like, than we've ever, than when we thought we were ready, according to man's opinions. But God is the one that gets the people ready. So anyway, let's look back at, at this, this text and there's, just see the, the story of what happened. And in verse 25 we see that Hezekiah, he's restoring the temple, restoring worship. He's getting ready for what God wants to do. But God is the one that has the hard part. But the first thing, what Hezekiah did, he said he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord. In other words, they all knew their place. They were appointed, and the word station also means they endured. If you're going to fulfill God's purpose in your life, one of the qualities you're going to have to learn in life is endurance. Anybody can quit. Anybody can throw in the towel. Anybody can give up and say, I've had enough. Those that endure to the end are those that are going to see what God has planned and purpose for them. The promises of God come through faith and patience. Endurance. It's going to be harder to endure in the days to come, but the reward will be greater. Because the promises at this time in history are greater than maybe ever in the history of mankind. The greatest rewards are given to the overcomers in the book of Revelation and those who endure. So the first thing is they got stationed. Say, I'm going to be stationed. I'm going to find my place and I'm going to stay there. I'm going to I'm going to be appointed, and I'm not backing off of what God has said. And then verse 26, the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. But the thing was is that the Levites stood. In this hour, you're going to have to stand in two ways. Number one, you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to just say, look, enough is enough of what the enemy has been hounding me with. 
I'm not standing for it any longer. You got to take authority. What did she just tell us? We have authority. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. And so we got to stand up. But not only stand up, we got to stand still at times and see the salvation of God. There's going to be time we're going to have to stand up but other times you just got to stand in place and wait for God to come through. How many of you know God has not failed? He's not going to fail you in this hour. There will be times you'll get to the 11th hour and you'll say, okay, God, looks like you're not coming through for me. I'm going to have to do something on my own to save my skin. Go ahead and try it. See if it works out. It ain't going to work out. You ain't saving nothing. You wait on God. Those that wait on God, they're going to renew their strength. They're going to mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to run and they're not going to grow weary. So anyway, they stood. And then look down in verse 28. So all the assembly worshiped and the singers sang. Now, this is why I know I had to share this. I'm so appreciative to the Holy Spirit. I had a, a, Now, this must have been before 3.30. It had to have been before 3.30 because I woke up, but I had a dream. And in this dream, I walked into this room that was maybe a fourth filled, and it was church. And I saw the people sitting apart. There wasn't that many people, but there was some, and there, were, there was at least a choir. must have been my old days growing up, but I could recognize the choir. And anyway, they stand up and they're singing. You know how they used to do, they'd lead you like this. And you know, they're singing. Nobody in the room was singing. And in the dream, I'm looking around, why aren't they singing? Why aren't these people singing? Now, my mind ventured to, you know, the restrictions in California and other places don't sing. You know, don't, when you go, don't even go to church. But if you happen to end up next to a believer, don't sing. You know, you might spread the virus. So anyway, now I did think about that in my dreams, so, because that's probably been on my mind. But it wasn't that. It's the people had no reason to sing. But I had a reason, and I was not going to be quiet. You could not stop me. And so I'm sitting, I'm the only one in the room Mary had a little, I don't know what they were singing. It wasn't Mary had a little lamb, whatever it was. It was how great they are or something. But I was singing away. And people started looking at me like, what are you, what's wrong with you? I'm singing. I got a melody. I got a song. I got a reason to sing. And I'm going to tell you, in the coming days, you have a reason to sing. I don't care what it looks like out there. I don't care if the whole world stops singing. You can sing because your God is going to be faithful. He's going to show himself strong to the people who trust in him. He's roaming around throughout the whole earth to show himself strong for the people that say, I believe in you, God. They all may stop singing. Maybe it's because they have to. If they come and sign some decree and they write on the wall, you cannot sing when you come here. I'm telling you right now, I'm breaking that law. I ain't keeping your law, your lousy law. I'm going to sing. He said, sing. Sing unto me with the voice of triumph. Does that make sense? 
I wondered about that dream when I woke up for the longest time. What in the world? I thought they were the boringest people, and they were bored, no joy. Well, we're not going there. Okay, the next thing, verse 31. So then Hezekiah answered and said, Now that you have consecrated yourselves to the Lord. In other words, this is the hour to consecrate. We, we prayed over Helen. That was a consecration. It, was, it means to ordain. Now we, you know, at time to time we set apart, we ordain certain ones into certain ministry. But how many of you know all of us are ordained to be followers, to be sons of the living God? Every one of you have, you have the, the ordainer living inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And we've been ordained for a purpose, a high purpose. And then they were giving thanksgiving in verse 31. And then in verse, the end of that it says, And they were as many as were of a willing heart brought the burnt offerings. A willing heart. I think in this hour, we may feel the most unqualified people on the face of the earth for what God calls us to do. But if we have a willing heart, we are more than qualified to do whatever it is. Did you hear me? You may feel unqualified. You may feel unworthy. But if you say, God, I'm willing. Here am I. Send me. Just like the prophet. Here am I. Send me. Isaiah prayed. A willing heart. Then the next thing in verse 34. Now this, I had to get a kick over. But the priests were too few. They were too few. In other words, it looked like their their numbers had dwindled down to where what they thought they were going to accomplish was no longer accomplishable. How many of you know that God can save with many or with few? How many of you know that God taught Gideon a lesson? It's not the multitudes. It may be just a few. Do you know when those runners ran, most of the people paid no attention to them? Most of the people didn't have, they wanted anything to do with those runners. Not because of the runners, but because of the message. So they ran their own way. But those who were of a willing heart, and there was a remnant. You can read that over in, in chapter 30. It's all very clear. They had a willing heart, singleness of mind. They were a remnant, and God used the remnant to accomplish his purpose. It's always been a remnant. It's not about how few or how many. God is mighty. You and he make a majority. Say, I'm a majority. You may feel like the minority. I feel that way when I walk in stores and I refuse to be compliant. I feel like, you know, they're all looking at me. And they are. And some of them want to get to me. If God's with me, who can be against me? Now, I had to go get something yesterday, and so I, I was compliant for a little time. But my heart was not there. You know what I'm talking about? My heart was not in it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you know this is not the mark of the beast yet. It's leading up to it. It could be soon, more soon than we know. Anyway, God, I thank you. You're going to show us what to do when we get there. You're going to tell us what to say and how to react. 
But anyway, I don't know how I got to that part. But you're going to feel like you're in the few, but you're the majority if God is for you. And then in verse 35, so the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. It was set in order. They, all they knew to do was to get in place. Sometimes you don't know anything to do, but get in the position with your hands raised and say, okay, God, I'm willing. I'm yours. I surrender. How many of you know that? That's where you go. It's a place of surrender. You're not going to have it all figured out. Okay, this is what I'm going to do today and what I'm going to do in the morning, what I'm going to do tomorrow. No, sometimes, it's, most of the time, it's a walk of faith. You step out. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It is awful risky. You may lose it all if you live a life of faith. I got news for you. You will lose it all if you live the life of faith. But you'll gain it all. What is it profit if you a man anyway if he gains the whole world? But he loses his own soul. And then the last thing in there, in verse 36, and then it says, Then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly. Suddenly. Unexpected. All at once. When no one was looking. When the numbers had dwindled. When it looked impossible. Well, I'm just telling you, that's the God that's coming. He, that's the kind of God I've known since I was a little boy. And that's the same God I know today. He's not the God that fails. He's the God that leads you out of your failure. He's the God that is faithful and true. He's the God that began a good work in you, and he's the God that will complete it. In this place, in your life, in your family, in your children, and God willing, your children's children. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense? Well, I was going to share some more, but I think that's probably a good place to stop. And I want to pray. I want to pray that God would stir our hearts and encourage us and give us a faith in the God that does what's absolutely unexpected by the masses. Does that make sense? The gift of faith. That he's God is going to come strong. If you saw what I saw in that little, that bag that was torn with just a shred connected, you would think the same thing I thought. God, how? How? How's it gonna, how are we going to make it? How will America make it? But all I'm telling you is he's the God. He's the God that can do what seems impossible with men. Some of you are looking in your own life. How am I going to make it? Do you, know what, you don't know what's going on. I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand what's been torn. You don't understand what's lacking. You don't understand where I am right now. I don't, no, I don't understand, but I know who does. And I can tell you there's a God that knows where you've been, where you're going, how you're going to get where you're going to, and where he's called you to be. He's the God of the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I'm going to pray that God will give us a gift of faith. Because we have an assignment. I'm say I have an assignment. 
We've got an assignment. And I don't know all that yours is, but I know that God is a good God, and it's more than what you would ever have known. He's the God. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans that are good and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. And you know that begins with salvation. And I want to pray, first of all, for those that are watching, some of you watching by Isaac TV or by Eternal Life Television, and you've never put your trust or faith in Jesus Christ. And somehow you, you tuned in, and, and the Holy Spirit, you may not know who that is, but it's the Holy Spirit. He is the person of God, the Holy Spirit, convicting you, drawing you to want to know who this God is. And God made himself known through sending his son. God's always been. But God so loved the world, he saw everybody in, in the nations, and he saw that we were separated from him, and he sent his son. And Jesus was the son of God, God in the flesh, literally. And he lived a sinless life, and then he died on the cross for our sin. Then he rose from the dead. The Bible says that if we call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. How many of you know that's true? How many of you have called on it? And we know we found it to be true. I found it to be true as a nine-year-old boy. When I knelt down that day in that field, and I looked up and I said, Jesus, come into my heart. I didn't know everything there was to know. I didn't know anything. All I knew is I, was, I needed God, and I was a sinner, and I believed that Jesus died for my sin, and so I put my trust in him, and I asked him, and he came into my heart. Not lived perfect ever since then. I'm telling you, it's a journey. But he did something in me that I've never gotten away from. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now, wherever you're watching from. And then I'm going to pray for all the people and pray for you for the gift of faith. Because we're living in a time we're going to need gifts of faith. Big faith, the kind of faith that God gives. But we must begin with a faith in his son. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Would you guys pray with me just to support those that may be watching? And if you're in this room, you've never trusted in Jesus. Just pray this. Say, dear God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, that he died on the cross and he rose again. I confess that I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I've broken your laws. I've disobeyed your commands. But I thank you that Jesus kept all of your commands. And then he gave his life on the cross for me. The just for the unjust. And so right now by faith, I choose to follow you, Jesus. I turn from my own life. I turn from my sin. And I receive forgiveness by the blood that was shed for me. And I say, yes, Lord. Come into my heart. Save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God. Let me be one of the runners in my city, in my nation that run to and fro with the word of the Lord. Use me for your purpose. Let me be a part of seeing the glory of the Lord cover the earth just like the water covers the sea. 
And if you prayed that prayer, get in touch with us. You can contact us. You can contact the believers in churches in your nation. You can find a church. Find one that believes in the Bible and preaches the word. If you can't go to church, just find, email us. We'll get you some literature, some information. Do the best we can. One day we're going to come to Pakistan and we're going to come to these nations. By the grace of God, we're going to come. But he's already come and so now it's all good. Jesus has come to your land and he loves you. So let's just pray. You guys stand. How many of you got something from today? You feel like this was for you. Man, I just appreciate the Holy Spirit. I didn't know how today was going to fit. You get something at night when you're just trying your best. Because I still have problems. Texting all this in on my phone. I mess up and make mistakes. It wasn't too bad. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But now we need to walk in it. We don't want to be a hearer. We want to be a doer. And so, Lord, right now, I pray for everyone in this room, everyone watching. God, right now, Lord, we repent to any degree there has been lukewarmness. Just say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for any lukewarmness in my life. God, help me love the things you love and hate the things you hate. Give me that fresh fire, hunger, and passion for your son, for your word. God, forgive me for tolerating what you said was abominable. God, set my soul ablaze to live for you. Lord, help me to stick out in the crowd, even being rejected to follow you all the way. Lord, I want to pray right now for everyone in this room. I pray for myself, but I pray for our families, our children, for everyone watching. I ask God for that gift of faith, that gift of faith. Lord, though we are few, though we are small, God, you are mighty and you are many. And I thank you for the host of heaven. The greater, there's far more with us than there are against us. God, I thank you that in the midst of this battle, there is no surrender, but there's a victory. There's a victory that's coming and that you promised. Now, Lord, we just pray right now for our nation. We pray for America. We pray, God, for these elections that have yet to be settled. Lord, we pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would rise up and scatter the works of darkness. God, thank you for exposing Lord, I saw in a dream millions of votes had been stolen. I trust what you show me. And God, I ask you to expose every one of them. You said nothing is hidden that would not be revealed. So, Lord, we're standing on your word, Jesus. You said it. We ask let it all be revealed in every state, in the battleground states. Lord, we pray let the host of heaven come to those states and do the battle, Lord. What men can't do, let heaven do, Lord. Father, we ask you to expose it. We ask you to correct it and right the wrong. Bring heaven's justice, we pray, in the name of Jesus. God, we ask for your highest and perfect will to be accomplished in this election. 
Lord, let things begin to turn around. Let there be breakthroughs after breakthroughs. God, those that are running for cover, would you stop them in their tracks? Would you expose them, Lord, so that they might turn to you in this hour and be saved in the name of Jesus? God, we ask you, Lord, what looks impossible, would you come and put it back together, Lord? Would you rise up, Jesus? Rise up, God. You're a man of war, a mighty man of war. We ask you to go to war against injustice, against corruption, against evil. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. And Lord, fill the house of God with the glory of God. Because we know ultimately that's the answer. It's not correcting what's wrong. It's filling your house with the glory of God. With Jesus being made known. And we thank you for it, God. And I bless everyone that's in this room. Encourage them, fill them with hope, fill them with zeal, faith, love, and joy. And everyone in agreement said, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you guys. We just want you to have a great day and enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving weekend.